Welcome to a podcast from Alive Church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged and inspired. Here's our speaker for today. That's actually what I want to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the idea of gaining ground. And when I think about gaining ground, what comes to mind for me is a picture of a big field or something like that, a big piece of land with two opposing armies at either end facing each other, both wanting to gain ground for themselves, both wanting to advance forward, and both wanting the other side to retreat. And although most of us probably won't see, hopefully won't see that kind of thing in reality, we are facing that kind of spiritual warfare on a daily basis. We are stood at one end of the field and we have an enemy that is stood facing us at the other end. And he's looking right at us and he wants to advance and he wants us to retreat. That sounds bad, doesn't it? But you'll be glad to know that we have God on our side. We have God who is fighting with us. And in Romans 8, it says that if our God is for us, who can stand against us? And we have God on our side fighting for us. We know that Jesus has the final victory. We read it throughout the Bible. We read it in Revelation. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to go into battle on a daily basis. So we're going to talk about this idea of gaining ground this morning. And this might look different for each one of us. It might be that you're stood here thinking and something has dropped into your mind straight away. Yeah, that is an area that the enemy has taken from me and I want it back. It might be that you're actually in an okay position at the minute and you are ready to go on the offensive. You can see a bit of land that the enemy has. He didn't take from you, but you want to take it from him. It might be that you are that you haven't really thought of anything yet that that could relate to to you. But it could be anything. It could be in your marriage, in your relationship with friends and family. It could be your finances, your health. It could be in your ministry. It could be that you want to see more people, one for Jesus. It could be anything. It could be anything. And I'm hoping that what I'm going to share this morning over this next little while will encourage us and will equip us and will inspire us to go and gain some ground. So I'm just going to pray. I'm not just going to pray. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that is in here. I thank you that you are victorious, Lord, and that we are on the winning side. Lord, I pray that as I speak this morning, would you speak truth through me, Lord? Would you speak directly into people's hearts and situations, Lord? I pray for less of me and more of you this morning, God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be reading, we're going to be focusing in Joshua this morning. And Don will be getting excited because he loves the book of Joshua. This is his favorite book in the Bible, if you can have favorites. And uh, while you're finding that, um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of context at where this um, passage sits. So I won't give you a whole history lesson, but uh, we read up to this point that Moses has led the Israelites out of Egypt. They were being enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt, and Moses has led them out of Egypt, out of slavery. But they've been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years, looking to go into what the Bible calls the promised land, the land that God has said that the Israelites are going to take. And they've been wandering around for 40 years, and we pick this story up where Moses has just died, and the Israelites are in sight of the promised land. So we're going to read through chapter 1 together. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Be strong and courageous. So that was a long piece of scripture that I just read to you there, but I felt it was important to read through the whole thing. And there are five truths that I want to speak to you about this morning, five things that I believe God wants us to, uh, to understand from this piece of scripture. And hopefully, yeah, we'll all be equipped and ready to go out and take some land after the next 20 minutes or so. So the first bit I want to talk about, there's a verse in there that you probably, as, as we're reading through it, thought, oh, yeah, I hear that a lot. And that is verse three. And verse three says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. God is saying there to Joshua that wherever you step, I will give you that bit of land. Wherever you go to, I will give you that bit of land. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because although God was going to give Joshua and the Israelites that land, the amount of land that God was going to give was dependent on Joshua. If Joshua had stayed where he was, he was like, you know what, I'm happy here. I'm east of the Jordan. We've got some land here. It's pretty good. I'm going to stay here. God would have been like, cool, that's not what I want for you. It's not what I've got for you. But if you don't step out, you, I'm giving you the land you step on. But if Joshua says, do you know what, I'm going to step out. And he could keep stepping out and stepping out and stepping out. God is says, says here, I'm going to give you this land that you step on, but we have to step out. And that is our first point this morning, that we need to step out. If we've got land that we can see that God is giving us, if we're stood looking at the promised land, God's saying, I'm going to give you that land that you set your foot on, but you need to step into it. You can't stay where you are. And the land that Joshua was after, this promised land, it, was, it wasn't just a big empty space. It was occupied by people called the Canaanites. 
It was occupied by people, and Joshua knew that it wasn't going to be easy to take this land. It was full of people already. But it says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. And Joshua had this faith. He was sure of what he hoped for. He hoped for, a, he hoped for the promised land. He hoped in a God that was going to give him the promised land. And he was certain of what he couldn't see. He couldn't see the end. He couldn't see a people living in this land yet, the Israelites living there. But he knew that God could. And he was certain of that, even though he couldn't see it. And we need to be the same for us. We need to think about our promised land and we need to step into it in faith. It's going to be hard to step into something without faith. We need to be sure of what we're hoping for. We need to be sure of what that promised land is that we're stepping into. And we need to be certain of what we can't see. We need to be certain that God is good and that his promises are good and that he is going to give us that land when we step into it. But we do need to step into it if God's going to give us that land. Now, it references there about, I'll give you that land as I promised Moses. And we actually see the promise that God gives Moses further back in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And I'm just going to read a small portion of it to you from verse 23. It says, Then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. Now, Joshua knew this. Joshua knew the promise that had been given to Moses. He knew that this land that they were about to take was full of nations larger and stronger than he was, than the Israelites were. He knew that, but he also knew what it says here about how you would, the Lord would drive out all these nations before us. And it might be that we're stood and we're looking out and we can see, all we can see is nations that are bigger and stronger than us in our promised land metaphorically speaking it might be that we want to gain some ground in some relationships but we know that in order to do that we're going to have to have some pretty hard conversations and they are things that look really big to us right now they look like things that are bigger and stronger than us it might be that there are financial barriers to overcome that at the minute look too big and too strong it could be anything it could be anything and we know that the promised land just as it was for for Joshua rather is full of nations bigger and stronger than the Israelites but they're not bigger and stronger than our God. And our God promises here that he will drive out those nations ahead of us so that we can take possession of the land. God gives us the faith that we need. We were talking earlier about how faith is a gift from God. And he will give us the land when we step out and step into it. But we've got to step out. And it is scary. I'm not going to stand here and pretend that it's going to be an easy wander through the promised land, claiming land. We read here in Joshua where it goes through all the battles that they go through to get hold of the promised land. And there are going to be battles ahead. And we know this as well because it actually says four times here in this bit of scripture, be strong and courageous or be strong and very courageous. And this is our second point this morning, that we need to be strong and courageous. But the thing is, the only time you need courage is when, th- when something is scary. It's not scary. I'm trying to think of an example of something that's not scary. So for me personally, it's not scary to go to Asda. I'm okay with that. I don't need courage to go to Asda, but I need courage to stand here and speak to you guys. Because sometimes things are scary and we need courage for them. So... We read this often, don't we, as an encouragement. When someone's going through something, someone's going to go and do something that's hard, and we say to them, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous. And it is an encouragement, but it's also a warning as well. Because like I say, we don't need strength and courage if there's not something that's about to come against us that's going to require strength and courage. And God's preparing us for that, preparing Joshua for that here. Now, I found this quote, and I think 
It's Franklin D. Roosevelt, but I'm not entirely sure because I saw it attributed to two different people, and I saw a very similar quote attributed to three different people. So I've written on the slide that it's Franklin D. Roosevelt, but I'm sorry if it's not. And it says this about courage. It says, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something is more important than fear. That we look out into our promised land and we feel fear and we feel scared about the things that are in there that we're going to have to overcome. But we need to see something more important than our fear if we're going to get the courage to go into the promised land. If we're going to get the strength to go into the promised land. And we need to step, take a step back for us. We need to say our fear is not important and take a step into who God wants us to be. That his priorities for us, us getting the promised land is more important than us being scared about what we might face on the way. And you'll be really glad to know, hopefully, that this strength and courage doesn't come from us. In ourselves, we are weak and we are fearful. At least I am weak and fearful. I'm hoping I'm not the only one. But with God, we can be strong and courageous. Paul writes to Timothy and he says that the spirit that the Lord has given us is not one of timidity, but one of power, love and self-discipline. He's saying there that the Holy Spirit that dwells in us gives us strength and power. It prevents us from being timid. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. If we hope in God and if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we can be strong. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And in fact, actually, if we try too hard to be strong on our own, we, we are stopping God from showing his strength through us. If we are overcoming obstacles and gaining ground in our own strength, it's a lot harder to point people to Jesus and say, not me, but Jesus. But if we allow our weaknesses to show and we allow God to use us and show his strength through us, it's so much easier to say, no, not, not in my strength. This is Jesus. And Paul talks about this in, um, in 2 Corinthians. He says about how God's grace is sufficient and how his power is made perfect in our weakness. And he goes on to say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. He's saying there that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand here and say, I am weak, but God is strong. Because if I stand here and say, I am strong, there's no need for God's strength. We need to allow God's strength to shine through us. Now, God makes us strong, but he also makes us courageous. It says in Isaiah 41, verse 13, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. And as I was reading this, a story came to mind of uh, a couple of months ago now, we were at Ollie and Olivia's house and got a fire at the end of the garden. And I was at the top of the garden near the house and Thomas Tone came out of the house and he started to go down the garden and then it got really dark. And he just stopped and he was looking around like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going any further than that down this garden. And I just went over to him and I took his hand and I just said, come on, Thomas, we're going down here. This is where everyone is. Look, we'll just wander down here. There's marshmallows this way. You don't need to be scared. This is where we're going. And I just took his hand and we took him down the garden. And reading that passage in Isaiah just made me think, that's what God does with us. He just takes us by the hand and he says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. We're going to go down the garden. We're going to go to the place that's better than where we're stood now. And I know you're scared, but I can see the end of the garden, even if you can't. I just thought that was a beautiful picture of our, of our Heavenly Father. So, what do we need to do? We need to step out 
and we need to be strong and courageous. And the third thing that it says here in this passage in Joshua, I believe, is that we need to follow God's word. If we look at verses 7 and 8, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So, there are three things in that little section about how we ought to approach God's word. The first one, it says there, doesn't it, that we should keep God's word always on our lips. There is power when we speak God's word. It says in Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And that's God speaking there. It says, when I speak my word, it's powerful. It always achieves what it's sent out to. And when we speak God's word, it's powerful and it always achieves what it's sent out to do. The second thing there is to meditate on the word of God day and night. And you might think when you think meditate, it kind of has a bit of a new age attachment to it, doesn't it? Kind of sitting cross-legged. I'm not going to do that because I won't get up. Um, Sitting cross-legged. But actually what meditate means is to, to focus on something, to think deeply about something. And we're being encouraged here to think deeply about the word of God, to focus on it. And the third thing is to be careful to do what it says. And this is something that is reiterated through the whole of scripture. It says in James chapter 1 verse 22, do not be merely hearers of the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's something that God commands us to do over and over again. Do what it says. But in order to, uh, to keep the word of God on our lips, in order to meditate on it day and night, and in order to do what it says, we need to know what it says. And I know you're thinking, Sam, you said this before. That's because I have. I know that almost every time I get the privilege of speaking from this platform, I go on about this. But that's because I feel like it is so important. And it's something I'm so passionate about, is getting into the word of God. The Bible is the primary way. It's not the only way, but it's the primary, the main way that God chooses to reveal himself to us. We can learn what we need to know about God from what is written in here. If we want to get to know the God that we worship more deeply, we need to get into the word. Because that is where the truth of who God is, is revealed to us. And it's not so that we can know more stuff. Because the thing is, we can spend our entire lives um, learning more about God and not knowing him anymore. What, what we want to achieve when we read the Bible is not to gain more knowledge, but to know Jesus more. And by knowing Jesus more, we know more of his character. We know more of what he wants for us. It allows us to keep his word on our lips. It allows us to think deeply, to meditate on his word. And it allows us to do what the word says. And it says here in Joshua that if we do these things, we'll be prosperous and successful. Which is not a reason to do those things, but it's quite a nice byproduct, don't you think? So, I mentioned to you there were five things that we were going to talk about this morning. We've been through three. That we need to step out, that we need to be strong and courageous, and that we need to follow God's word. And the fourth thing here is that we need to act. So, in verses 10 and 11, it says... 
So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So Joshua hears from God and he goes back to his camp and he says, God's telling us that wherever we put our feet, he's going to give us that. So in three days, we're off. Now I'm going to say something that might be, it's not controversial, I don't think, but you need to hear me right when I'm saying it. Sometimes we are waiting on God's timing before we step out and do something. But God has already told us to go. He's already told us that that promised land is ours and we just need to go and take it. And don't mishear me. Sometimes God's, so God's timing is always perfect. And sometimes that timing doesn't line up with what we want. But sometimes God has already told us to go and we're still waiting. And we need to be like Joshua. We need to say in three days, guys, God's told us this. I'm sure of it and we're going. And it might be that you've been thinking that for a while, that I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait a little bit longer and then I'm going to step into that land that God has for me. But if God has already said that the land is yours, it's yours for the taking. You need to step into it. You need to go. And it's going to be scary. You're going to need to be strong and courageous, but you're going to need to go and do it because God has already told you that it's yours. And I don't, I don't mean this in a finger pointing kind of way because I have done it. I've had that voice in my head that said, did God really say, did God really say that that land was yours? Did he really say that if you step out, that the land that is under your feet, he will give you? I know it's hard sometimes to silence that voice, but if you are sure that God has told you that that land is yours, you need to act. And I'm saying that to encourage us, like I say, not to condemn us, but to encourage us because I want each one of us to be advancing. I want each one of us to be going into the promised land and taking what God has said is ours. Because if we move too soon, God will soon tell us that we've moved too soon. There are times when we step into things, when we have conversations, when we try and start doing things, we try and take ground, and God's like, not yet. And God will tell us. God will tell us if we move too soon. But if God has told us to go, we need to go. But it might be that you're sat here this morning and you're thinking, "Mm, do you know what? I'm not really sure there's any ground for me to take right now. Maybe you've just taken some ground, and you're like, do you know what? I'm just going to rest in this for a bit. So it's pretty good. I'm going to stay here for a bit. It might be that, yeah, that you are like the, as it says here, the Reubenites, is it? Where are we? The Gadites, the Reubenites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. It might be like that you're like those guys, that you're like, actually, God has given me some land, and I'm, I'm in that now. I'm in that rest, and it's great. And if that is genuinely true for you, I am, I am genuinely thrilled about that. I'm so happy that you've taken some land and that you've got some rest in it. But this last point is for you. Even if those other four maybe aren't for you right now. This last bit is for you. There's still something in this passage for you. And it says in verse 12 and 15, But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land. 
which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. It's interesting, isn't it? If God has given us rest, he's saying there are people around you that haven't got that rest yet. If we think about that in our context, there are our context. There are people in this room who need to take back some land, and they need extra warriors to do it. And so, if you're in a place of rest, you need to look around and say, "Right, guys, who needs some help? Because I've just taken some land. I am battle ready. I am an experienced warrior, and I'm going to help you take some land." And it's interesting here, actually, that it says, "What does it say?" That. And I only noticed this yesterday when I was rereading through, and it says about how you are not just to go with them, you are to go before them. You're to go before your fellow Israelites into their promised land and help them take the land. And there's another challenge there. So I'm sorry, guys, if you were thinking, do you know what? I'm, I'm good right now. I've got some rest. I'm sorry that I'm challenging you with this. But it says here, it says here, you're to help them until you're, um, until the Lord gives them rest, as he's done for you, until they've taken possession of the land that the Lord is giving them. We need to be tenacious about it. If we're helping our brothers and sisters in Christ to take back land that is theirs or to advance into land that they want to take, we need to be tenacious. We need to say, we're not stopping helping you until God has given you this land he's promised you. Until you're experiencing the rest I'm experiencing, I, I'm, we're not quitting on this. We are fighting until we see this ground gained. And then it's amazing, isn't it? Because then those people will gain their land and they'll get rest and then they'll be ready and they'll be experienced warriors and they'll be able to help other people to gain some ground. It's incredible. So, like I said right at the start, we are in a spiritual war daily. We see this kind of warfare on a daily basis. And so we need to be prepared. We need to be ready to step out into the, into the promised land that God has given us. We need to do that with strength and courage, not of ourselves, but what the God gives us. We need to be following his word. We need to be going. We need to be acting when God tells us to act. And we need to be helping others gain ground, if that's where we're at. And so I'm hoping that as I've been talking this morning, that God's been speaking to you about some areas, about some ground that he wants you to gain. And we're going to spend some time in worship in a few moments. And I would just encourage you that while we're worshiping, just hold those things in your heart, hold those things in your mind and just bring them before God and say, do you know what? I'm ready to take back that ground in my marriage. I'm ready to take back that ground in my workplace. I'm ready to start stepping out and telling more people about who you are. I am ready to take ground in oh, it could be anything. I'm ready to see more prayers answered. I'm ready to see more people healed. I'm ready to see these relationships restored. It could be anything. I just ask you, just hold that before God and say, I'm ready for this. So what's next? What do I need to do to step out? Lord, help me be strong and courageous. Help us be ready for battle because God wants to give us some ground. He wants to give us some ground. He's a good God. He gives us good things. He has good stuff for us. We just need to step out and take it. But it might be that um, I've been talking about how we fight all these things with God on our side, that if God is for us, who can be against us? That God drives out the nations bigger and stronger than us. And it might be that you're thinking, I haven't chosen yet to be on God's side. I haven't got God fighting for me. 
I haven't got God driving out nations bigger and stronger than me. Well, I'm going to give a bit of a space this morning for you to make that decision if you want to. If you want to say, now's the time to invite God onto my side, to say, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again for me, that you have bought me freedom then I'm going to give us some time for that. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray together as a church. And there's a prayer that will be coming up on the board. We're going to pray that together. And then I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to lift your hand. That's just so that I can see uh, who's made that decision, just so we can come and have a chat with you and make sure you're equipped and ready for the next part, the next part of this journey. And for those of us who are just thinking, yeah, now, do you know what? I'm ready to act. I'm ready to take some ground. I'm going to pray for us all as well. And then we're going to go into a time of worship. But first, we're going to pray this prayer together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.